Hello all and welcome to episode 66 of the Hillcrest Duo. Today is Saturday, July 8th, 2017. And the order of uh, um, uh, topic is Spider-Man Homecoming. I am Brad Risto, at OutsiderBrad on Twitter. I am joined alongside Metal John. He is... At Metal John Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Ooh, and Instagram. And this is indeed episode 66. We have a lot to can, talk about. Can I just uh, call dibs on something real quick? Call dibs. When we get to episode 666, can I host that one? This is 66. No, 666. Yes, you can do episode 666. Well, it's on tape. It's on the record. Okay. Don't try to steal yeah, it from me. I usually do the even episodes, but I will give that one up. But I'm calling 69. Okay. <laughs> I'm infantile at best. But no, we have a heck of a lot to talk about. You've been busy these past two weeks. We're going to get into that. Busy. You are. You're you're a busy beaver. Um, there's a great new comic book coming out in um, October that I want to try and sell you on because you don't do much comic book reading. And, of course, our main topic of discussion today is going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. It was released on the 7th yesterday. We probably both saw it on the 6th because we saw the old man midnight showing at 7.15 in the evening. Ooh, mine was at 7 p.m. Mine was at 7.15, but did oh, you... How many, I saw it 15 minutes earlier than you! Wait, wait, wait. How many commercials, I mean, trailers did you have? Five. Okay, about the same. Did you see the one for the new Michael Keaton movie? No, we actually got horrible trailers on it. We saw the one for the Michael Keaton movie. That looks awesome. You're going to love it. All right. Well, I'm seeing Spider-Man Homecoming for the second time in a few hours. So Awesome. I, I That's kind of like an early spoiler of how much I love the movie. But... Uh, <laughs> Well, we're going to get into our thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming. It will be spoiler-filled. but Yes, it uh, will. We'll, we'll try and be um, a little um, a spoiler light on the beginning half. When we get to the second half, we will just go full spoiler. Yep. Uh, and speaking of movies, uh, over the last two weeks, I saw my new favorite movie of 2017. I cannot stop talking about this movie, Brad. It's called Baby Driver. You Baby Driver. You have to see it. Um, perfect example of a movie that is just... It's an independent movie that really you watch the trailers. You're like, oh, it looks like a cool like getaway movie. Other than Kevin Spacey, I don't know who any of these other people are. Most people would probably just pass on spending money on it. But for those people that do spend their money on it, you're blown away by how awesome this movie is. Really? It's um, got a really good story, characters you care about, a good amount of action, uh, Kevin Spacey is just wonderful in this movie. Everything about this movie is awesome. You will be really surprised. Okay. I think the surprise factor well, I know it's is a big be... reason why people love the movie so much. Because you you watch the movie and it surprises you as as you watch it. Right. And and mm-hmm. by the end of the movie you're like, man, I care about these characters. Right. I care about how what happens to them. And and you're just Overall, you walk out of the theater saying, wow, that's like one of the best movies I've seen all year. Any, For me, I walked out and I was like, that's the best movie I've seen all year. Any movie that has Jamie Foxx in it has to be pretty good, and it's directed He's by awesome. Edgar and it's directed by Edgar Wright. We were robbed of the Ant-Man movie directed by Edgar Wright, and I am still angry about that. Yes. But you, as we all going to talk about another Marvel movie, but you also did some traveling. Uh, you went up to Flashback. Down to flashback. Why in am I Indianapolis. Saying? Indianapolis. That's no, down. Days of the Dead. Oh, Days of the Dead in Indianapolis, and that's down from where we are. Down. Yep, down. Down. Uh, that was a fun weekend. Uh, I got to meet 
um, the original Godzilla, the guy who wore the rubber suit, the rubber suit in the 1950s. I got to shake his hand. He's still alive. And he signed my Godzilla pops. Yes. That um, is awesome. I saw something great on uh, Facebook. One of my friends posted Funko pops are just precious moment dolls for nerds. They are. They are. They're and great autograph. Like they fill the void uh, in my empty life. They're great for autographs though. But you get those and you get those signed. You put them in a nice little case and. But you went it. up to Milwaukee. You went to um, your first anime fest. What was your first? I've never been to an anime fest. How was it? So I went last night. Actually, Anime Midwest has taken place in Rosemont. It's not the big Cedic Rosemont. It's not the big anime convention, which is usually in May. It's uh, it's another uh, anime convention. Um, a smaller one. Really big turnout for a Friday night. Um, I walked around the vendor room. The vendor room probably had about a hundred different tables, maybe 20, 25 artist tables. Cool. I always um, love going to the artist. They tables. really didn't like have a big splash when it comes to guests, like autographs. So right. it's mostly like you go there for panels, you go there to game, you go there to um, shop. Obviously, I like gaming. And, you know, and then in the big room, they got a stage set up and they have bands that play. Then they have like the DJ music at night and the convention parties go until 2 a.m. Oh, I only stayed until 1030. I went to go see a band that uh, I had been uh, listening to a little bit and and kind of hooked on is a band called Deadlift Lolita, which has got the um, Australian wrestler Lady Beard um, <laughs> who wears a dress and sings metal. And uh, and then there's a, a Japanese wrestler. I forgot her, her name's escaping me right now, but she is the other member of the band. And awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool. So uh, I had fun. It was my first anime convention. I will say, for being an anime convention, there was an awful lot of Batman villains there. Yeah, up. well, people like Batman, and I want to talk about one other th- thing. But I want to try and sell you on a Batman comic coming sell out me. this October. Sell it. Batman: The White Knight. It's a world where. Your boy, Joker, is cured of his psychosis, and he realizes what a blight Batman is upon Gotham, because he is, as it's been uh, expounded on in the past, creating these villains. So, Jack Napier, that is the name he goes by, runs for political office in an effort to erase the Batman. He becomes Gotham's white knight to stamp out crime. And I am so sold on this. I You're can't selling even, me already. I love I'm, it. I am so going to get this one. It's a seven-issue miniseries. Joker the good guy, Batman the bad guy. You know what that has uh, written all over it? Animated feature. Damn right. I am all over it. I can't wait to read it. Only other thing I did this week is I, I'm a beer nerd, so I stocked up on some beer. Uh, earlier in the week, I got some... Uh, Goose Island, um, uh, Brassier Blanc. Oh. It's a uh, beer aged in uh, wine barrels. A Dragon's Milk, um, uh, some S'mores Bourbon Barrel Stout. That sounds awesome. I it, love Dragon's Milk. It's Dragon's Milk, and it's the S'mores variant. There's a place not too far from our studio called um, Iron and Glass. You might want to stop at it if you have time on your way home today. Okay. Because it's just on 59. Right. I mean, on Weber Road. Yep. And down the street, whatever. Down the street, just down the street on the Weber Road. And I got the second round of the Cooper's Project from Goose Island, and that, I just have loved the first one so much. But that's me. I also went to a brewery last night, had some gourmet uh, grilled cheese from Toasty Cheese. If you see their truck, go there. 
because they have a whole lineup of just different grilled cheeses. I am a cheeseaholic, dude. Oh, I, you'd love this place. I will. I can read you off your their menu, and I. Eh, do don't the, do that. Yeah, let's, let's talk Spider Man. Spider Man Homecoming. Just a great flick. Overall, great flick. Fast moving. There are no wasted scenes. I was not bored for a moment in this film. Yeah. Just everything builds on itself and you don't waste a scene. I don't I don't know what kind of vibes you're picking up while watching the movie, but I I'm watching this movie and probably about a third of the way into it, I was like, "Holy cow, this is Scott Pilgrim versus the World." Yeah. It, it's just like that. It like is. it kind of has that same that same like humor. Yeah. Where it's it's it, the film is hysterical. Yeah. It's I mean, a, but it's, it's but the it's, most legitimately funny Marvel film. It outclassed it's not, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. It outclassed Ant Man. It outclassed and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Outclassed them both while remaining a traditional classic superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about like Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man from the comedy standpoint, they're very funny films. Very. But the comedy is more or less like kind of making fun of other people's shortcomings. Yep. Or it's sort of like, you know, it's more mean just telling like, yeah, telling bad jokes or, you know, just being a little sarcastic where this comedy is more, it's like comedy when you're just sitting around a group of friends having a conversation yeah. and also somebody says something really off the wall that's hysterical. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of moments like that. Where Works great. Um, P um uh, Tom I mean, Holland so, I mean, first, I guess me and you could first agree on our first bullet point. This is by far the funniest Marvel yes. movie, right? The funniest, funniest Marvel. Marvel movie and one of the best Marvel movies. I'm going to say that. It's a, oh, no, it's a top five Marvel movie It's for top me. three for me. Top five for me. All right, so real quick before we – what's your top three? Where are you um, uh, Winter Soldier 1, just because it is so damn good. Avengers 2, because it did the – it um, finally paid off on the thing that they were building the entire phase one for. And then Spider-Man Homecoming. But I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. All right, so I'm putting this in my top five, but my top five are, number one is Iron Man, the first one. That That's my number four. All right. My number two is Winter Soldier. Okay. My number three, I, I got to say Logan still. You I'm see, a that's big not MCU. I, 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 I'm, I'm going just MCU, Marvel right, Cinematic. Say, I'm, okay, well, I'm... So, knock Logan so out. So, if you don't want to, if you... Well, I'm counting it as a Marvel movie. So, well, I was doing okay. Let's um uh, redefine MCU movie. All right, so then I would put probably Spider-Man as number three. Yeah, I win. And I this won is, an argument. And, and, and for those of you that don't know me, I'm not the biggest Spider-Man fan. He hates him. I sent him a um death battle from uh the good uh, my good friends at um uh I forget what's his um uh, Screw Attack right now. Okay. And um uh, I'm sure you didn't like the end result if you watched that video. Because he kills Batman. But uh, I'm not a big Spider-Man fan, but, I, man, I love this movie so much. It I, is. I'm going and to see it a second time. That's yes. how much I loved it. But I, let's, let's, first of all, let's talk about our two leads. First, I guess we got to start off with Tom Holland as Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, he, I, and, and based on our rankings, we could both agree. Number one Spider-Man. Best Spider-Man movie ever. Best Spider-Man movie Ever. Okay. So Beast let's talk Spider-Man 2. Let's by... talk about Tom Holland. First of all, he looks like he's 14 years old, and, and that's that, awesome. Yes. It, he plays I, the part of young high school Peter Penis Parker. <laughs> For, 
I did, you were you Flash Thompson or were you Penis Parker in high school? Oh, I I was Flash Thompson. See, I would be I would have been Penis. DJ Flash. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. But but you were but you do realize Flash's joke is he's cool but he isn't really cool, right? Yes. And that was you. I'm so cool. You pretend like you're cooler than other people. I was talking with my friend. Um, uh, we were talking about our high school experiences. He was um the one in um uh Auto Shop. I'm like I didn't take Auto Shop. I took Home Ec. He's like. Yeah, I didn't, because I didn't get high school. I was the only guy in a glass class full of girls. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I did do home ec. I loved, ho- I loved home ec. I was one of, like, four guys, I think, in home ec. It was awesome. But, yeah, so Tom Holland, I mean, amazing. As- amazing, funny. He's got charisma, this just kind of nerdy charisma about him that makes you gravitate towards him and like him. And, and unlike previous spider especially... The Toby Spider-Man, yeah. who we saw a lot of, he doesn't have that. Um, he, he doesn't have that shyness. Like he's no. he's still got some confidence for yes. being a little nerdy kid. He still has that realistic confidence. Yes, that the pro- you know, And then there was the problem with Andrew Garfield is he wasn't really unpopular. He played the too cool for school kid. He wasn't a nerd. He was the kid that was. I'm so cool. He wouldn't have been picked on in any high school, that Peter Parker. Yeah, well, and what I do like about this storyline, the way this movie flows compared to the other Spider-Mans is, you know, one thing that, you know, especially in the Tobey Maguire films, the Sam Raimi films, uh, Peter Parker was picked on a lot. Yeah. Tom Holland's Penis Parker wasn't really picked on a lot. He was like, there was sort of like little jokes thrown his way, but he really wasn't bullied. Like, he wasn't pushed in a locker, you know, he wasn't, like, punched, you know, or there wasn't no. the jockey character, like, you know, putting oh. his arm around his girl. Like, there was yeah. none of that going on in this Spider-Man, which is cool because, realistically, in high school, that doesn't happen. That no. type of bullying doesn't happen. You know, we're, well, we're in a generation typically. now where it's more cyberbullying yes. than anything. You know, nobody bullies to each other's faces anymore. Because they're all cowards. They're all cowards. But even that wasn't in this movie. So, like... The only bullying he saw was just people kind of making subtle jokes at him, like yep. Flash kind of making the penis Parker joke. And that's just because Flash is jealous of Peter. Exactly. Peter's that, ten times smarter than him. Exactly. I mean, so it was a realistic. Yes. Like, he wasn't calling him penis Parker just to be stupid. He was calling him penis Parker because he was like, <laughs> well, first of all, this kid's smarter than me. Um, the The girl I like I likes him. <laughs> you pretty know? sure she likes him. I don't like that. Yeah. So uh, no, just a great portrayal by him, and he's great as Spider-Man. As this is a Spider-Man learning to Spider-Man. When that opening montage where he's out there foiling crimes, he stops someone from breaking into their own car and gets yelled at. And that's just so something you could see someone just learning how to be a superhero would do. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I'm sorry. And then he got super obsessive with like with uh, working with Tony Stark, yes. and and I love how he's just constantly leaving voicemails Text. for Happy and. <laughs> And it's just, like, all that stuff is believable. Yes. And that's what's awesome about this movie is you're watching this, you're like, this is believable. This this kid, it just nailed it. I loved every bit of it. We're going to move on from uh, Peter here as we move on. Penis. To, Peter. As we move on to um, uh, Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes, The Vulture. And I'm going to say this, for a show movie that lowers the stakes, quite frankly, quite a bit, he is the most significant and intimidating villain that um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and maybe every Marvel film has had to date. 
he seems like a legitimate threat. Yeah. More so than any other one. And it's I, I mean, I, I'll say this to and I said this right after I saw the movie, and actually even midway through the movie, three quarters of the way through the movie, I'm like, this is the best villain all the Marvel movies have seen. Yes. I know there's a lot of people that love Loki. I hate oh, Loki. Oh, oh I want to. I hate gonna, Loki. No, I'm going to get into that in a moment. Um, but it's this less is more approach that they use with him. Here's what, the way it went. You see him in the beginning, and then you only see him. He comes in, wrecks Spidey's ass, leaves, and just that's it. Every time he comes in, beats him up, leaves. And then that scene, the car ride scene where he's putting two and two together. All the right, tension so- in that scene was phenomenal. And the work between Ke- Keaton and Holland, oh, my God. All right, so we're talking spoilers. Yes, Again, we're-, we're talking spoilers. So real quick, when Tom Holland knocked on that door and Michael Keaton opened it, was you surprised or did you see that coming? I did not see it coming, did you? I didn't see it coming either. I'm like, holy and I'm, crap. And, and, and I'm mad at myself. Because yeah. normally you, you would can see the twist coming you up. Can, you could see it coming. You could be like, oh, oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be her dad or her uncle or something. Something. Like, like you you thought that was coming. And 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 the more I think about it, the more I'm so mad at myself for not figuring out because Michael Keaton's big motive, even in the very family. first scene of the movie, he family talks about his friends. family. He's trying to provide for his family. Yes, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. And then you're thinking to yourself, okay, he's he's established that he has a family and that they're important to him. Yes. And we haven't seen them yet. Yes. He's and then the, that's the big reveal. You're like, oh, how did I not t- see well, that coming? Well, because it's not – as a huge Spider-Man fan, you don't see it coming because in the film, in the book, comic books, they're not related. But what made – this um, uh, villain so great was what made the Kingpin so great. The fact that he had an actual character arc, and there was one moment in this movie, just like in um, uh, Daredevil, where part of me was rooting for the villain. When he got onto that ship at the very end and thought he's got his big score, I'm like, good for him, wait a minute, because they spent the entire movie establishing him as a caring fan, family man. Even the one guy he kills in the middle of the film, movie, he kind of did on accident. I yeah, thought this was an anti-gravity like, oh, gun. Yeah, because, I mean, and that's the thing is, Michael Keaton's character at that point where he's got the power, when he realizes that he's got power, you know, he's got money, mm-hmm. he's got technology, yeah. he's got all this stuff, his motive wasn't, I'm going to take over the world. Provide no, for his, fa- friends it, and family. He wants to provide. He wants to earn a living. Mm-hmm. He he even and made he, comments about the world is changing. Yes. You know we and gotta he, we gotta be ahead of it. We gotta felt, change with it. And he felt gypped by guys like Tony Stark. And you know what? He had every right to. He could have. Exactly. If this movie was, was written a little bit differently. He could have been regarded as a working class hero if they yeah they wanted I mean, to recut or, this or and they could have wrote it. him similar to like Doc Ock for example yeah. where he was a guy who became obsessed with all this technology and no. it turned him into a madman no he, he was, never turned into a madman he, he was, almost stayed the same person the whole movie he was trying to keep this completely under the radar and just do this and not bring attention to himself that's why he gets mad at the shocker at Hermit yep and what I love too Montana is, sorry let's Montana. talk about let's talk about that car ride though. Yeah. Like, I I love how, like, basically from the moment Tom Holland walked into that house, just that look of, he was scared. Yes. You actually saw fear and, on Tom Holland. He was like... And bear in mind, right, that what, what, what it, I don't, I don't even could probably tear his head off. I don't even think, like, 
he was scared that he was going to figure out who he was. He was I think he was just him. scared because he was like, wow, this is the guy that like I'm up against and he's this girl's dad. Yeah. He's got this family and, and he's they don't, and they're clueless. They, they're clueless on, on what he's doing. Just like everybody's clueless on me. Mm-hmm. It was like a really well written, well acted, like, yes. like sequence of events. And that car ride though, when, it was so casual how she's like, oh, he's got an internship with Stark. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, well, that's cool. What do you do there? And he's trying to change the topic. Michael, you could just see the look in Keaton's eyes. He's putting everything the together, and he's turning. got it figured out. I mean, in that scene when she gets out of the car, and he just puts the gun up, and it's just like, <laughs> I, I, he's like, does she know? I'm like, oh, I was, I, dude, I just wanted to like... Like jump out of my seat and go hell yeah! Like I mean, I love that. That's, that's the, I, mean, I think it's my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. In that, that and scene that's, in the car between the two of them, because the movie was so well written that in another universe, or if you would have written just a little bit differently, Michael Keaton just shot him and killed him yeah. right in the car. Um, but he, but he had a reason to keep him alive. Yes, he, he was like, "You saved my daughter's life. I'm going to remember that forever. I and owe I, you." And I exactly and. It was like he was basically saying to him, and in, he was being intimidating about it, but he was also being honest and truthful by saying, look, let me do my thing. Don't interfere with what I'm doing. Go do whatever you want with other people. Just leave me alone. Exactly. That's and all then, he was trying to say because he knows that Peter Parker's interfering with him and his family, that it's just going to resulting consequences for him mm-hmm. like you know and he's trying to say hey look just let me do what i'm doing like i'm yeah. not sure i might be selling advanced weapons to thugs but, but i'm not the one killing i'm people. not killing people i'm just and cashing in and there's the scene where he um tracks him down at the warehouse saying i admire your grit your blah 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 there is legitimate respect and what differentiates tombs from the guy from uh loki like you said and even some other of the quote-unquote great villains, your Banes, your um, uh, Jokers. Those guys got by by the actor playing them just exuding charisma, magnetic charisma that brings you in. But there's never a question in your mind, they are the bad guy. With Tomb, there was that one moment where you're like, you know, he's just a regular guy trying to get by. So part of you roots for him. They developed this villain. I, I will say I, I he's got some similarities, but I don't want to do an exact comparison to Aaron Eckhart's Two Face because yeah. you know he would want it good, and the world and things around him and events turn him to say, "Look, mm-hmm. all these people betray me, and because of this, but like, he my went, girl's but dad." He also went insane. Yeah, exactly. This but, guy, but he kind of had that moment yes. where you kind of understood why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah. It it was great, greatly written, and they made him intimidating because every time Spider-Man went up to, against him until the very end, Spider-Man got his butt kicked. Yep. All right. So uh, let's talk a few Easter eggs. I got uh, I got some that I pulled from Variety, and uh, we'll see if you if you knew about any of these. I okay. knew. I mean, some of them I I, I, I knew, but all right, we'll just start off. So First of all, go. I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, the 1967 theme song playing during the opening credits. I loved that. That was fun. Which is awesome because normally you have like a, an original score or something going yeah. on, and they just right away just went right back to the original bum, theme ba-dum, song. Bum, Pretty ba-dum, awesome. Ba-dum, um, bum, 
So, uh, a lot of the characters in this movie are comic characters for Spider-Man, in case you didn't know. So we'll go through some of those. Ned Leeds, the man in the chair. The man in the chair, future Hobgoblin. He's going to have to work out. Yeah. He's going to have to work out, Brad. Pump iron. Ned, (laughs) why are you wearing that? Shut up, Peter. (laughs) He's going to fat camp. (laughs) Um, Liz Allen, uh, Peter's love interest. Remember, a lot of people thought that that was like a cover for Mary Jane, that she was really Mary Jane. Oh, there's a black Mary Jane. No, there's not. It's just Liz Allen. It's Liz Allen, who, by the way, she... Was a real life love interest for 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 Peter. Yes, and, and married Harry Osborn, the second Green Goblin. Yep, but she come made on, her, come faster, come faster, come faster. She made her debut in Amazing Fantasy 15, which was also Spider Man's debut. Yes, yes, it was. Come on, give me more. Well, me obviously, more, Flash more. Thompson is a, a character. Yeah. Uh, Betty Brant. Betty Brant um, uh, works at the Daily Bugle, and I, that's one of the thing I want to make. She was played by Elizabeth Banks in the Sam Raimi movie. I want to make a complaint here now. She, by the way, she, no J. Jonah Jameson. I realize they completely eliminated that Peter Parker's a photographer, so why not make Jonah the journalism professor at the high school? Um, okay. Teaching him, him how to do stuff. But I, didn't you miss having a J. Jonah Jameson to yell at Parker? Yes. Parker! Just wanted that. But, uh, so anyways, Betty Bramp. For those of you who don't know, she's the girl in the school news. Yes, um, and that's perfect for her. She works at the Bugle. She's a reporter. Uh, Principal uh, Morita. Uh, this is a nod to the MCU. Um, I, I, again, this is courtesy of Variety here. So, Kenneth Choi plays the principal of Peter's school in Captain America the First Avenger. Choi played Jim Morita, a member of the Howling Commandos. So basically the way... He's playing a descendant. He's playing his own grandson. I like In Spider-Man. Also, if you notice, there's a scene in his office when he's speaking with Peter. There are photos of Jim and the Howling Commandos in the background. That's awesome. So thanks to Variety for pointing that out. Uh, Mark Gargan. Mac Gargan. Matt. Or Mac. Mac Mac Gargan, future Scorpion. Yes. He was also he was also he's also on Better Call Saul. That's where he's but, known to me as. But Matt, anyways, Matt yeah. Gargan, Futurama, Futurama uh, Scorpion. All right, uh, Aaron Davis, played by Donald Glover, small role in this movie. Eventually, Miles uh, Miles Morales. Yeah, he uh, uncle been, of Miles Morales, the other Spider Man. Yes, because there is a scene too where uh, Miles Morales uh, mentions he's got a nephew who lives in the area. Yes. Okay, do you want to hear something really cool? This was um, something I read um, a while ago. Do you remember the, um, uh, in, I forget which Iron Man it was, there was the kid in the Iron Man, it was Iron Man 2, in the Iron Man mask? According to the writer, that was Peter Parker. Of, oh, really? of Iron Man 2, that's Peter Parker in the Iron Man mask. That was his first um, uh, meeting with um, uh, Iron Man. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Um, so let's address a few things because we've we spent a lot of time on the podcast here uh, the last few episodes talking yes. about the trailer trailer possibly giving away too much information and, uh, it, maybe there's too much Tony Stark yep uh, can we both agree that uh, we were um, we we, we kind of got caught up in our own in our own uh, yeah we were wrong worries because we watched this movie and. Even though you know how the boat scene plays out, mm-hmm. you know the scene where he's sneaking home that you know uh, the man in the chair is going to be is going to catch him. Your buddy Ned. 
Ned is going to catch him. We already knew that was going to happen. Um, you know, so a few scenes obviously were spoiled, but overall we were wrong, man. I mean, Tony Stark barely in the movie. No. Basically, the three or four scenes you see in the preview are the three or four scenes he's yeah. in in the movie. He and he, he's used perfectly. Exactly. Just he's used to advance the plot. He's an it plot device, and I'm completely fine with that. That's all I wanted from him. And there's other and there's another Avenger cameo. Uh, Captain America. Captain. Okay, can we uh, can we admit <laughs> this best end credit scene ever? And if they want to say we're done with end credit scenes now, that's the perfect one to end it on. I do like that. Yeah, because you had your early credit scene, which was Keaton in the prison. By the way, real quick on that, let's talk about let's that. Let's talk. Let's go back to talking about Keaton because of that. But that was great because he does know exactly who Spider-Man is, but he knows that he beat me. I respect him. I'm not going to risk his life. And now I have no doubt. That what do you think the future of the Vulture has? I mean, because I, I like it that he didn't die. Yes, if he because I out, want the option of him coming back now. What's great about him being in prison, and chances are he may even just plead guilty, yep. given the character, he, the type of person he is. Yes, he's an he honorable fellow. He might just plead guilty and do his time in prison, which is nice because you can do one or two other Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. before you even think about bringing him back because yeah. he's in prison. Yep. Um, do you bring him back as a villain, anti-hero, or what? Because I... I could honestly Maybe like see, a, yeah, or some I could of, honestly see while he's not going to give the information to anyone else, I could still see him harvesting a grudge and going after Parker when he gets out. Yeah, or maybe hiring, working with no. another villain. You see, I don't a, see him doing that. This is some. This would be a personal vendetta for him that he'd want to do himself. That's true. Now, there's also because we already know Peter Parker is going to have other love interests. Yes. And we got to meet her at the end of the movie, too. Well, we met her. She we, was there the whole time. She was there the whole we time. We just didn't realize she was going to be a love interest. Face it, Tiger. Michelle. Michelle. Her friends call her MJ. Yes. And I just love the way they, how quickly they kind of just glance over it and move on. Yeah. Awesome. Just like, not, not a big reveal on that. Not going to linger you on just, it. Again, this was another big surprise in the movie where here's yeah. a character that just sits there, makes like stupid. Snark, snarky remarks. That's who you would have been. Let's be honest. You would have yeah. been like her. I actually would. That would have been the type of girl I would have gone after. Oh, God, yeah. I would have been awesome. like, oh, this girl, this man. Girl she's nerdy. Awesome. She's sassy. Like, you know. She draws. I love her. Yeah, I'm live. So um, so here's, here's a scenario, and I can see this playing out. What if Liz Allen dies? Well, she's going to Oregon. But I'm just saying. If if she was to die and and you know Falcon yeah. decides to blame Spider Man for the death, yes, Vulture, not Falcon. <laughs> Wrong bird. Wrong bird. Uh, that could be a certain <laughs> thing to go after. Yeah. He said he'd go after his family and who everyone he cares about. Let's tell him to take him. Oh, did word. you think at the end when he came home that Aunt May was dead? No, I'm just no. Wait, what? No, <laughs> of course not. Um, uh, but. You know, that was a Aunt Dexter May, reference. Aunt I May, loved. I lo- Dexter had a moment like that. Aunt May finding out that he's Spider-Man at the end of the movie, and then you're left with nothing. That thanks was awesome. Because now we have to wait and see what's going to happen in, in, in Avengers: Infinity War. Because by all accounts, everything I've read says Sp- Spider-Man is going to be the new face of Marvel since they're going to be moving on from Iron Man, moving on from Captain America, 
which also tells me probably there's like a handshake deal out there between Marvel and Sony to keep Spider-Man going in the MCU and have him, because it's going to be, it makes sense for that to be the overarching storyline for Marvel going forward. His st- story from uh, starting from the very bottom and going to the top, it makes yeah. sense for that to being the over. At least main overarching character. Do you arc. think? Do you think the Infinite War, War is going to be? Um, you think there's going to be a gap in time here? Because remember, Peter Penis Parker is only um, a, sophomore. a sophomore. I expect. So, next, do you think we're going to time jump a little bit? Or? I expect the next time we have a Marvel, I mean a Spider-Man solo movie, which is in 2019 only, he'll be a senior and ready to graduate. So during Infinite War, he's still going to be in high school. He'll be a junior. It'll be okay. his because. Ju- Infinite Wars next year, 2018. So he'll be a junior, and at 20, come 2019, he'll be a senior. They'll do it the right way. I like it. I like it a lot. Awesome movie, man. It awesome. was. Um, awesome. uh, and I just Also, once again, another reason why probably Tombs um, it did not rat out Spider Man at the end was Peter saved him. He was going to die if Peter didn't go in and save him. And. Once again, that um, rings true to the Spider-Man's character. Yep, he just got beat, but he's not going to let him die. Yeah, well, I mean, and he knows that if he reveals his identity, that he's dead. Yep. Um, he's so, an, once again, honorable guy. Well, not only that, but too... Once again... The, I mean, if you're, if you're... Even if you're not an honorable guy and you're just a henchman, you're not going to give that information away for nothing. You're sure. getting something in return. Well... Yeah, just gonna give a name. Uh, but once again, I think the best thing about this was the fact that it was a smaller stakes movie, and yet that was not a detriment to it. We've liked Daredevil, smaller stakes. Sometimes smaller stakes work better than, oh God, the entire world's gonna end if we don't do this thing. Yeah. <sighs> and I suppose my only negative mark that I could think of this. What is, you got a negative mark? And that's that it did not add much to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least not on face value. Obviously, one thing it might have added is the fact that we know about the new Avengers Mansion and the fact that maybe there'll be more villains that have Chitari and future tech and future things. See, that's what I loved about this movie. This movie didn't feel like it was an Avengers movie. This movie was independent. It was a Spider-Man movie. There was a little bit of Avengers storyline in it. And I I okay. thought it was perfectly well done because at the end you finally see Tony Stark give the kid his approval. Kid, you did a good job. And he here's your new suit. You're part of the team now. That was basically it. Movie kind of ended with him being accepted accepted the, as a as a full time Avenger. And he doesn't need it though. He wants to learn. Exactly. And that's what I loved about this movie because I was like, man, you could have spent this whole movie. With him pouting about how he wants to be an Avenger. And, and it would have felt did. like an Avenger movie the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it did it. It was very independent of that. It was a Spider-Man movie. And, you know, even the tagline, Homecoming, oh, so badass. Yep. By the way, can I point out something that I, my negative mark, we talked about how realistic this movie is. How's yep. it got that realistic feel? Let me just call out a moment that's not very realistic. Yeah. He's in the hallway. Uh-huh. All right. And Liz is there. Yeah. Oh, hey, Liz. You know, uh, she's the school president and he has the pulp ass. 
He's like, uh, hey, Liz, uh, you know, so homecoming, you know, I bet you got somebody. Oh, actually, don't have anybody to go with. Oh, do you want to go? Sure. That would never happen, Brad. It would never happen. Trust me. Well, I know that wouldn't happen. for him. No, she, she was wasn't. Waiting for she wasn't. Him. She barely looked at him. Well, she there was no one else. Everyone him. was they were just pa- on the debate team together, and sure, right place, right time, whatever. But Everyone that would else never was happen. paired up. That girl, that girl would have already been paired up. She was too busy planning it. And DJ Flash at the party loved it. Love DJ Flash. <laughs> okay, you know what? I think <laughs> we're gonna have to leave it there because wow, we've been talking for a good thirty-six minutes. So we'll leave it there for now. Uh, another week off because you're off to where next week? I got Open Air Music Festival next we'll, weekend. We'll see if we can maybe cram one in. But yeah, Fingers I'm off to go see Spider-Man: Homecoming for the second time here in a few hours. Loved the movie. You loved the movie. Yep. I actually saw the movie with another big Batman DC fan like myself. I mean, we're both like, damn, this movie's awesome. Yep, it, it's really it's a pretty, good. pretty cool need, Batman bro moment we had there. You need to go see it. Oh, one more thing. I liked the Intimidator voice where they tried to make fun oh of Batman. Oh, my God, that was awesome. <laughs> no, Not only that, but what about the scene in the elevator shaft where he, sa- where he saves, you know, Liz? And you need to and do... It, no, the, and, the, and he changed his voice. He's like, yeah... Yeah, that's all right, guys. No problem. No problem. I like, almost and then, and then when he stole Flash's car, he's like, give me the car. Give me the car. <laughs> you have been listening to the Hillcrest Duo. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I am Brad Risto, Outsider Brad on Twitter. He is Metal John. At Metal John Radio on Twitter. We'll try and be back next week, and if not, then the week after that. Thank you, everyone.